There's two to wash, two to dry. There's two who argue, two who cry. There's two to kiss, two to hug. And best of all, there's two to love. That's a poem about the joys of twinhood by Jerry Smith. Today, we'll be talking about none of those joys, because today we celebrate the evil twins. The murdering, conniving, man-stealing, deformed, deconjoined, mustachioed twins that sometimes wear eye patches so you know which one is which twins. Today's episode is all about terrible twins. This is Slums of Film History, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic of film that is normally not discussed in polite company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. And each week, one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and the school's the other. We discuss everything from S&M Nazis to murderous children to big-ass insects. If there's a film subject too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Tom. Hey, Slate. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks. You did something kind of interesting last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So while you were driving through all that rain, mm-hmm. I was at the Arlington Cinema Draft House, uh-huh. and I was watching the Found Footage Festival, which I go every time they come. Yeah. So the guys who do it are these guys, Joe Pickett and Nick Pruer. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they find all these old videos from thrift stores or wherever. Yeah, people submit them. People submit yep. them, too. And these videos, a lot of them are like not for public consumption. Some of them are training videos or just shit that's just like you know safety videos and some of this stuff is just fucking funny and some of it's outtakes from news programs that you know because people send them all types of shit so they compile it together make a show out of it and they do different seasons basically yeah they kind of give it a theme sometimes yeah yeah yeah. so yeah it's really fucking hilarious and if you guys ever get a chance to check them out in your area it's the found footage festival yeah so we'll put a link up on facebook and on the website in case you want to follow them they're great all right you want to get started yeah i'm excited about this one okay so, Terrible Twins. Oh, yes. I've been thinking about this one for a while. It kind yeah, of I remember. pops up. We talked about it a little bit in summer camp when I was talking about Haley Mills and the parent trial. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, the original idea behind this was when I was working on LGBT psychopaths. Okay. One of the films I talked about in that episode was Dressed to Kill, which mm-hmm. I had actually never seen before. And it took me down a road of watching some Brian De Palma films, especially the early ones, one of which was Sisters from 1973. Yep. You know this one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Then that combined with the conjoined twins from Basket Case, which, Your you know, favorite of movie. course, is my favorite movie. You know, we talked about it in Bad Babies. Made me write down the topic as a possible good one. But what I didn't realize is how common good twin, evil twin trope was. Yeah. And how far back it goes. Okay. So I'm not really going to talk about anything other than the good twin, bad twin structure today. Okay. Namely because that's the only slums-worthy topic here. Like, who cares if they're both good twins? Yeah, you know what I mean? Them. Like, the parent trap, it's just like, they're both adorable. But wouldn't it be cool if one of the Haley Mills like killed motherfuckers, or like, like one of the Olsen twins was like that would be this, amazing. It would be like, like Mary if, Kate is like an how evil come no bitch. one's mixed Parent Trap with Sleepaway Camp? That can be our project that we do after we're finished with the Slums podcast. We can make a mashup of those two movies, That's, refilm I'm, I'm, it. Yeah, yeah it's gonna oh, be great. it's gonna be great. One of the twins actually has a dick. So sorry, spoiler. <laughs> well, now we can't make it because you just told fuck, everybody. I'm sorry, we'll we'll get yeah, right, fine, we'll fine. this out. So there's a few different mythological figures from the beginning of time that I can't pr- 
pronounce. So just believe me that like good twin, evil twin goes way back to mythology. I want you to try to pronounce them. The first, I'm not, I didn't even write them down because I was just like, I'm not going to butcher this. I'm just going to, it was like you and that Japanese director from last episode that you were just like, I'm not even going to attempt. Or the monstrosity that was parasites. That was, that was was a hot mess. Yeah. The first writing suggesting evil twins was actually in Beowulf, where some translations show that the monsters in it were mirrors of each other, reflecting a good side and an evil side. So depending on the translation of Beowulf, because, you know, it's written in that weird other language. Right. And in modern media, dating way, way back, evil twin plots and subplots are in comic books, serial novels, and of course, soap operas. Of course. Soap operas often had evil twin subjects with an actor playing a role and the same actor playing his or her twin in like a goatee or a mustache sure. you know so you could tell them apart an eye patch sometimes with a, just a different hairstyle right david i don't know if this is canary or david cannery played good slash bad twins for 30 years in all my children oh nice even david hasselhoff had an evil twin in knight rider spock had one on star oh, yeah. trek and there's usually an evil twin plot in most of the early serial films of the 40s and 50s yeah serial films were usually live action shorts of popular comedy books and radio shows Mm -hmm. they were filmed as shorts that were all stitched together over a few weeks so you would watch it for a few minutes and then there'd be a cliffhanger moment that would make you you know like have to see what happened next week serials were shown along with cartoons newsreels and two feature length films on saturdays or sundays and it catered to kids mostly yeah yeah the serial format lasted for years until about the early 60s and have inspired many genres of films from Indiana Jones to practically every Looney Tunes cartoon mm-hmm. to Lost to modern day superhero movies. Yep. And like the crazy cliffhanger gimmicks, a lot of them had evil twins. The first example I could find of a filmed evil twin was in the Dick Tracy serial yeah, yeah. of 1937. Apparently, Dick had a twin brother named Gordon that got brainwashed and then died by driving off a cliff, hence the term cliffhanger. Ah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that was the first filmed evil twin, Dick oh, wow. Tracy. Yeah. So there are some movies that I'm going to talk about today of where both of the twins are evil. You oh, know, even where better. Yeah. So uh, so that. that I'm obviously going to let slide because, of course, this is slums of film history. And they're so. both evil. I mean, yeah, totally fine. Not the like. Most of it is where they're markedly different, and one of them, in some ways, evil commits a crime. You know, something like that. Sweet. The first feature-length film I could find to deal with good twin, bad twin was The Iron Mask from 29. Okay. You've probably heard of it before, but they've made a million versions of it. Remember, there was a Leonardo DiCaprio version, I think, like, right after Titanic. Mm -hmm. This one is mostly silent, and it stars Douglas Fairbanks, but it was remade as a talkie in 1939. It's basically the story of King Louis the III-5. Is that the eighth? Yeah, sure. Anyway, Louis King, whatever of France, and his two twin sons, one that he gives away since there can't be two kings. One version, the good twin is king and the bad one tries to get the throne. In the other version, the bad one is king and the good one gets the throne. Both have happy endings, of course. But it was really two films starring leading women in the mid-40s that really created a rush of evil twin noir films throughout the 40s. Okay. The first one was The Dark Mirror from 1946, starring Olivia de Havilland a few years after she made Gone with the Wind. Didn't you just talk about Olivia de Haviland yes in... yeah she was nominated for an oscar in the movie the snake pit oh that's right yeah i remember yeah 
The Dark Mirror is really noir at its best. It's kind of got these three elements. There's a murder, a suspected woman with an alibi, but then the realization that the woman is a twin. It's kind of like those three combinations, right. you know, those three things. In, Seedy. Yeah. So in this, she and her twin exist interchangeably. So they both have one job. They always dress alike and keep each other's secrets. The one secret being which one was in the apartment the night that the man was murdered. Right. A psychologist, psychologists were very, very big at this time. Psychology was kind of like a new thing yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. in movies. Tries to give them tests to see which one is the normal one and which one is the crazy one. Ultimately, the crazy one has been trying to get the normal one to commit suicide by driving her crazy. Also a theme moving forward. Yeah. And it ends up failing, resulting in the normal twin getting off the hook and the crazy one going to jail. So this hmm. is still during production code time. So, you know, you always right. see the bad one goes to jail or dies in some way. But right. Anyway, this is a great noir film. If you like noir, very, very good one. Okay. The second film of 1946 was A Stolen Life, starring Betty Davis as twin sisters Kate and Patricia. Kate is the good one, and Pat is the bad one that steals Kate's boyfriend, and then they get married. Bitch. Pat, you know I've never been very good at missing words. What does Bill mean to you? Well, I might as well admit it, Katie. I'm mad about it. He feels the same way. Then this is it. I'm sorry. Oh, don't be sorry. It isn't anybody's fault. Bill's so fond of you, Katie. Over and over he said what a swell person you were and what fun you'd had together. Oh, skip it. Kate and Pat go sailing, and Pat ends up drowning, but as Kate tries to save her, the wedding ring comes off, and so Kate puts it on. She returns to try to pretend that she is Pat so she can be married to the guy that she loves, since, of course, they're already married, and now the evil one's dead. He's done with her because apparently Pat had had a bunch of affairs, and, of course, she was the evil one. So when she gets back, tries to pretend like him, he's like, oh, I'm done with you. Like, you're, yeah, you're a real bitch. Anyway, Kate convinces him that she's actually the real Kate and they live happily ever after because, of course, production code. Right. It was, however, an interesting case of the good one pretending she's the bad one for a change. Usually it's the other way around. Yeah, makes sense. Um, So that's a good twin pretends to be bad twin movie. Hmm. There was also another noir evil twin movie that was kind of a knockoff of the dark mirror called The Guilty from 1947. Okay. But I want to skip ahead to the movie Chained for Life from 1951. Do you remember this one that we talked about? I don't know. I remember the title. Yeah. Yeah, it was from the episode Freak Show. Okay. It was about the Hilton sisters. They were the conjoined twins at the hip area. They were vaudeville stars and circus performers, you know, all throughout like the 30s. And then by the 50s, all of vaudeville had kind of dried up. And they were really looking for some way to revive their career. So they made this movie called Chain for Life. It's usually considered to be one of the worst movies ever made. The premise is they're conjoined twins. One of them gets married. The guy ends up to be like a louse. He only wants their money. So the other one kills him. And then the whole thing is like a court case to decide which one, if either of them should go to jail, or how are they going to go to jail when one of them is innocent and the other one is guilty right. because they're conjoined. I mean, it's a real shitty movie. They're terrible actresses. It's it's a vehicle for them as performers. But of course, nobody even wanted to see their vaudeville performance anymore. So here is the strangest of love stories. You are in love with him. Yes. And he's in love with me. I do now pronounce you man and wife. The strangest marriage the law has ever permitted. And the strangest of all bridal night. Murder. Murder that baffles. 
baffle justice. A case that has no precedent in the history of the courts. Because until death, they are chained for life. Anyway, so that was uh, probably the first good twin, bad twin, conjoined twin movie. Right. Mm-hmm. There weren't a lot of notable evil twin movies throughout the rest of the 50s or 60s until something happened in film that we talked about in our first season. The movie Whatever Happened to Baby Jane kind of took off a couple of elements from Psycho and revived the careers of aging Hollywood actresses Betty Davis and Joan Crawford Mm -hmm. by letting us watch them both kind of crazily unravel. Right. And that spun a whole subgenre called hagsploitation, which we talked about. Yeah. So just as Betty and Joan were very eager to capitalize off of this new sudden interest, Betty one-upped Joan and played twins again for the second time in her career in the hagsploitation movie Dead Ringer from 1964. Excellent. Dead Ringer is about a set of twins, Maggie and Edith, that haven't spoken in years, and they meet at the funeral of Maggie's husband. They begin to rekindle their twinhood. I wrote, is that a thing? Is that a word? Twinhood? Twinhood. I'm calling it. Twinhood is a thing. Yep. In until Edith, the poor one, kills Maggie and makes it look like a suicide so she can have her rich, now widowed, like amazing life and new amazing boyfriend played by right. Peter Lawford. You you can get rid of this place. You you can get rid of it and and take a trip to outer space. Money's no object. How much would you like? You haven't got that much. Now sit down. We got a few things to talk over, Mrs. DeLocker. I'm going to take you for everything you've got. We found a sack full of arsenic in your closet. Do you want to explain it here or downtown? What did your husband die of, Mrs. DeLorca? A heart attack. Arsenic poisoning is often mistaken for a heart attack. All goes well until the police figure out that Peter Lawford and Maggie actually killed Maggie's husband, and now everyone thinks that Edith is Maggie, and she can't say that she's Edith because everyone will know she killed Maggie, and she can't say she's Maggie because she'll be tried for the murder of Maggie's husband. So there's a bad twin kills husband, and good twin kills her and poses as bad twin movie wow yeah it's actually That's a long. really fun watch is it yeah, really really i mean you know betty davis is my favorite actress so right. i'd love watching her and everything she's a real bitch too. i just love her she's a bitch in real life which it's really great. helps her to be my favorite actress. Right. It really endears her to you no that's Fair enough. It took me forever to find this next movie. I'd never even heard of it before. It's called Goodnight Gemini, a.k.a. Twin Sanity from 1970. I like Twin Sanity. That's great. It's a British movie, and it was super controversial in the UK. Okay. Rough plot, two fraternal twins, a boy and a girl, take a bus to London for spring break. Yeah. They get all into late 1960s London party scene and meet all kinds of strippers and prostitutes and get all into drugs. Sounds great. Julian, the guy, gets anally raped by some transvestites. Doesn't sound great. And the pimp guy tries to blackmail him with pictures. He, like, takes pictures of it and he's like, I'm going to show everyone. Wow. The twins kill him, and then Jackie, the girl, starts to kind of fall apart mentally. There's a whole incestuous subplot between the two of them. I won't say what happens at the end, but basically everybody dies. Hmm. The main issue here is what was happening politically at the time, which was basically people were protesting the hedonistic, crazy lifestyle that ended the 60s. And this movie, along with a couple of others, were the poster children for this immoral, like, UK lifestyle. Right. Kind of similar to, you know, what happens in the 80s in the United States, right. you know, with, like, the with the religious right and, of course, sure. women against pornography. Wiki says the movie was banned and even put on the infamous video nasty list in the UK. Oh. Although I couldn't find definitive proof of this. I feel like 
like I might have to do an episode on video nasties. I thought we were talking about doing that. We I feel ha- like we need to do that. I feel like you poo-pooed it when I talked to you about I, it. No, 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 no. Okay. No, all right, I, was, well, I was down with that. All right. I, I feel think, like... I think there was a, a band film slash video nasty crossover thing we were discussing and we didn't quite figure yeah, it out. Yeah, I know that Marlis recommended that we do band films, so maybe there might be some type of way we can do that. Because, I mean, to be honest, in America, there's not a lot of band films. No, like, it's really kind isn't. of free speech over yeah. here. But video nasty is definitely a thing. Yeah. Anyway, if you liked Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, this is kind of the same type of like exploitation movie. It's not as much right. like on crack as Beyond the Valley of the Dolls because nothing in the world is. But yeah, no so that's an incestual good twin, bad twin, fraternal twin movie. Okay. Okay. There was a Hammer film called Twins of Evil from 1971, Ooh, like which that. was a good sister, vampire sister, starring oh, that's a twist. Yeah, starring real Playboy model twins named Mary and Madeline Collinson. Hmm. But I want to get to a really weird film called The Other from 1972. Nothing. I thought um, if anyone might know this movie, it might be I, the t- Again, the title sounds like something I might have maybe explained and I can figure it out. It's about identical twins, Niles and Holland Perry. They're like kids. I don't know, maybe like 11, I guess, 10 or 11, okay. who live on a farm in the 30s. They get into a lot of trouble and some people die. Everyone thinks it's Niles who's the bad kid, but Niles blames Holland. Then you find out Holland is actually dead. He died trying to drown a cat in a well. He keeps showing up in the oh, audience's left. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck that kid. I know you love he deserved, cats. He deserved it. I'm like, hmm. He keeps showing up in the audience's left to try to figure out whether Holland is real or a ghost that only Niles can see. It's kind of a cool twist since most evil twin movies reveal that one or the other is evil and in this. We never really know. We can't really figure out whether the twins are like a real thing or this is kind of like a, a weird thing. schizophrenic type yeah. of thing. It's really kind of confusing odd movie is it good confusing odd or just confusing um, odd? The, the movie was actually directed by robert mulligan who directed to kill a mockingbird which huh. is such a straightforward classic film so this one is just kind of like um, it's a little unfocused i would say fair enough but actually roger ebert championed the film and gave it a really good review so he was like a really firm believer and this was a great film huh. so there's a child ghost twin movie Wow. We talked about Brian De Palma a fair amount, but I don't think we've ever talked about Sisters from 1973. Barely. We didn't really talk. We just before. touched on it, and that was it. Yeah. Have you seen Sisters? I still haven't seen Sisters. Mm-hmm. Okay. I need to watch it. De Palma was inspired by Masha and Dasha Krivnoshilapavla conjoined twin girls from Russia who apparently had extremely different personalities even though they shared the same blood flow. One was quiet and thoughtful, the other dominant and kind of tomboyish. Mm -hmm. He co-wrote and directed Sisters with Margot Kidder in both roles, kind of. Quick plot, a man gets a free dinner with a Canadian model after a candid camera style show plays a trick on him. He and the model get along and he goes back to Staten Island. He must have really liked her if he went all the way to Staten Island. (laughs) In the morning, he accidentally spills her twin sister's pills in the sink and has to go get more. When he returns, the irate twin sister kills him, and the model and her ex-husband stuff the body in the sofa and call to have it taken to the dump. A reporter sees through the window and calls the police, but they can't find the body, and they hate the reporter since she wrote an article about police brutality that basically, like, slandered them. Okay. Anyway, the couch gets taken out, and then the reporter ends up being tricked and hypnotized into going into a mental institution. Topical. Yeah, Mm -hmm. works works together. We find out that the twin sister, the nuts one, actually died during the separation process, but still overtakes the chill one, usually during sex or when she's off her pills. It's kind of equal parts like Hitchcock's Vertigo and Rear window but in staten island 
So there's a dead, previously conjoined, separated bad twin haunting a Canadian model good twin movie out there. Wow. Mm -hmm. Speaking of Canadians, the Canadian film Prom Night from 1980 had an evil twin plot. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot all about Prom Night. I've never seen that movie. Do you remember it? Yeah. Yeah. I actually saw it a few years ago. You want to talk about it for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Do you you remember the plot? I don't remember much of it at all, man. It's been so long since I saw that movie. But I I didn't write anything about it, so I'm going to see if I can piece it together. But it's, you know, there's a bunch of girls and in the beginning of it they're in like an abandoned house and they're trying to scare one of them and the girl backs up and falls out of a window and dies okay okay so that's like the opening scene of the movie and then it kind of cuts you know flash forward to now everybody's a teenager the girls are all teenagers including jamie lee curtis yeah oh, oh i remember it gets blamed on i don't know some vagrant drifter you know or whatever even though we know that it was kids that did it accidentally mm-hmm. all of this kind of culminates at prom night the whole family of the girl that died or going to prom to like remember her or something like that and then it turns into kind of a slasher and you realize that the killer was her twin brother i think he saw it in the beginning yeah yeah Yeah. i remember that now and so he kills them all to get retribution for this the killing of his sister yeah yeah everyone at hamilton high is getting ready for prom night it's a day of rehearsals arrangements final preparations and last minute phone calls Nick? Wendy do you still like to play games? Tonight someone has come to the prom alone someone who waits until no one can help Prom night. If you're not back by midnight, you won't be coming home. So prom night. So that's a thing. Yeah, fraternal yeah. twins. It, that was a good movie. It was a huge success in Canada. I remember it was a yeah, really. I don't know how big... well it did here, but I mean, it was another slasher movie that came out when Friday the Thirteenth and all that came out. So. Yeah, slashers were a big deal back then. So. Yeah, I could of course talk about The Shining from 1980, but to be honest, both of those twins were, I think, evil twins. <laughs> when it comes down to it, like they were, they're so scary and so terrifying. Like they don't really have personalities other than when you see them all hacked up all around the hotel. I think that was the hotel's personification of yeah. the twins and you're know, like come play with us Danny yeah you know forever and ever and ever yeah, yeah. no creepy as fuck those kids still scare me i mean i know it's like a trope and it's like one of those things where everybody the simpsons and everybody has made fun of it but like that shit is still terrifying so i have a friend at work who has twin daughters Mm -hmm. and they are right at that age and i was like this halloween you gotta dress them up and when you go to somebody's house have them sitting down like the the lane a little bit and have them say that and he'll freak people the fuck out you should do that so well keep us posted yeah i'll let you know how that turns out there were also inbred twins in the movie Just Before Dawn from 1981. Uh, but since they were also both evil, I'm going to kind of keep going. But I did actually see Just Before Dawn. It's kind of funny. It's, Is it? it's like a precursor to Wrong Turn, you know, okay. uh, like in, inbred monsters killing people. They're killing know? people yeah. and they're twins. We've talked a bit about conjoined and deconjoined twins, but what yes. about deformed, deconjoined, murderous monster twins? Those are my favorite kind. One of my favorite all-time exploitation movies is Basket Case. Oh, from yes. I know how much you yeah. love that movie so much. 
Basket Case was directed by Frank Henenlotter, who directed all of the sequels. He also directed Frankenhooker and, and Brain Damage mm-hmm. as well. Um, fun fact, he made a documentary about Herschel Gordon-Lewis, and it ran at the Anthology Film Archives in New York City. Oh, wow. I didn't know that it was him. I saw it. How is it? I actually thought it was a fine documentary. I didn't think it was the best thing, but I took my friend Elizabeth when she was there and I was like, oh, I really want to go see this. She's not into movies at all, especially gore movies from the 60s. She was relatively unimpressed. But when I looked at his filmography, I was like, he made a Herschel Gordon Lewis documentary. I like went back through the archives and like found it. And I was like, I went to that. That's great. Like, isn't that really funny? Yeah. He didn't like talk about it. He wasn't there. I mean, he did, but I wasn't at that screening. So like I went back and I found found it on my calendar because you know I put everything on my calendar yes, and found yeah. it and I was like oh he was there like three days before that that would cool yeah too, can you yeah. imagine if I had seen fucking Henenlotter like talking about this documentary he made you'd have been asking yeah. basket case questions the whole night the whole time right so Basket Case was Henlotter's first film, and he wrote it as he walked the streets in seedy 1982 Times Square. Amazing. Times Square was starting to get cleaned up around the time. Actually, I read an article in the New York Times in 1983, so it was a year after Basket Case came out, and they said that under Mayor Ed Koch, the number of sex-related businesses had dropped by half since he took office in 1978. So this wasn't just like, oh, yeah, it's getting a little bit better. Like, Koch was like, I want all this shit out of here. Right. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> um, this wasn't just Koch, of course. It was home video, you know, that kind of shut down a lot of the sex theaters. Yeah, yeah. But either way, Basket Case takes place before that last whimper, before the adult film industry went from film to strictly video. And so it's a fascinating landscape for a movie, which, of course, I talk about all the time, but mm-hmm. about a guy from the Burbs that shows up in a seedy hotel in Times Square with just a wicker basket. Pretty sure everyone knows this, but inside the wicker basket is his once conjoined monster of an evil twin with whom he's telepathically connected to and who has come to get revenge on the doctors that separated them. Right. One by one, the twin named Belial kills them in a variety of creative ways. You know, the classic one is the nurse with all of the needles sticking out of her face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that scene. When the normal twin falls in love with a nurse, Belial tries to rape her but can't, so he kills her too. In the end, they both end up falling from a hotel room and both splattering all over the sidewalk. What is the secret Dwayne is hiding in the basket? What's in the basket? What's in the basket? I know an awful lot of guys, Dwayne. But you're... different. What's in the basket? What's in the basket? What's in the basket? My brother. Your brother! <laughs> Open it, if you dare. Basket case. So that's a telepathically joined but physically deconjoined good twin, bad twin, murdering, deformed monster twin movie. Right. Mm-hmm. There's also sequels. There are. There's two sequels. The second one I saw not too long ago, I only vaguely remember it, but it's like characters. uh, No, because they all die. And that's what I mean. That's how, you know, from what I remember, it's a woman who's basically got like an 
attic full of deformed conjoined twin monsters of all different varieties. She collects them like Pokemon? I think it's like that. Huh. I mean, I watched the movie, but I guess I was probably either drinking or doing something else while so I watched it. So by that it. you mean you definitely were drinking and you just forgot it. Yeah, sure. But uh, but I, re- I remember certain parts of it. But I mean, he did the sequel. So, you know, I remember be- it's just a different movie, you know? Yeah, but you didn't see three? I didn't see three, no. Okay. I'm going to talk a little bit about the year 1988 because that was kind of like the year of twins and it produced three unforgettable good twin, bad twin movies. The first movie I want to talk about is of course, twins starring (laughs) Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've mostly only talked about identical twins, but this one, the whole joke is basically that they're fraternal twins because they look so different. Right. That's the whole thing. Right. But rough plot, back in the 50s, there was a science experiment where they took a bunch of fathers, mixed their sperm, which is disgusting, and made a kid out of the best parts of all of them. The mother was told that the kid died in childbirth when, in fact, there were twins. The first was the perfect child, and the second was all the shittiest parts. It was, it was like the human version of an afterbirth. Yeah, thing. that's the way they described it. It was pretty gross. He was kind of like the detached, conjoined twin of basket case, you know, right. They grow up separately, not knowing each other. And then the scientist that has been raising Arnold Schwarzenegger tells him, and he goes off to L.A. to find his twin brother. It's, of course, Danny DeVito, and he's a small-time crook with a lot of debts. It turns into kind of like a road buddy comedy where they get into, like, small-time mob issues with $5 million at stake. And basically everything that happens in Twins is like, you all are twins? What? It's also kind of a fish-out-of-water movie, too, because Arnold had been on this island mm-hmm. in this lovely paradise being raised by scientists yeah and then he goes to shitty new york city and you know he's it was la but yeah or, so yeah so he's in la you know. right and he just and he knows nothing about anything right so like he's a virgin and danny devito is like trying to teach him like how to get laid and trying right. to teach him how to dress and you know all this stuff and he's like what i don't know what things are i don't accent. Yes, why do i have accents <laughs> because my scientist father was american it was really Spot on accent, they never really explain why arnold schwarzenegger has such a heavy accent in like any of the movies. No. Yeah. They're just like, whatever, just believe it. It's fine. Yeah. He has, he's muscular. It's fine. I actually saw this movie in the theater when it came out. It's really a time capsule movie from the 80s. I mean, it it's is. such, it's like the music. There's actually a song, Twins, that's by, I think it was Little Richard. I wrote it down. the fashion oh, the yeah. poofy hair it's, yeah, it's, it's really something it is indeed speaking of quintessential slash super 80s big hair movies a staple of my family at the time was the movie big business starring bet midler and lily tomlin never saw it yeah you remember it though no actually you don't yeah it was it's kind of one of the more forgettable movies but just like every family has their movies that they watch over and over and over, you know this was one of ours This movie was one of the four or five movies where Bette Midler was everywhere. You know, she was a comedian, actress, singer, and was really at like the peak of her career. Late 80s and early 90s, Bette Midler was like everything at the time. Yeah, Big business, bear with me on the plot here. And I didn't watch it again for it, so I'm kind of doing this off memory. But it's about two sets of twins that were accidentally switched with one another at birth in a southern Podoc hospital. So there was the city twins and the country twins. And everyone just thinks that they're fraternal twins. So there's like a Bette Midler and a Lily Tomlin that live in the country. And mm-hmm. there's a Bette Midler and a Lily Tomlin that live in the city. 
Oh my God. So because they were switched, right? Of course, yeah. Okay. Both Bette Midlers are supposed to be from rich, you know, city backgrounds. Right. So they're both kind of like brash. They love the city. They're kind of big business and, you know, kind of cold. Where both Lily Tomlins love the country, are more interested in nature and family. You know, they're kind of the good twins. Okay. Okay. So one twin is misplaced in both places. The country twins go to the city to get the owners of the mill or something like that to not build a mall or whatever the shitty plot is. It's like, they're going to build a mall in our town in West Virginia and we got to get them to stop. Right. And like twins where the whole joke is, oh my God, they're so different. They're, how could they be twins? One's Danny (laughs) DeVito and the other one's Arnold Schwarzenegger. The joke in this one is that the whole movie is kind of like a series of near misses. So Uh one of them walks right by the other one, but just happens to turn to look at something else and doesn't see their twin. Or one sees the other twin and thinks it's the actual twin and there's a misunderstanding, but then the other one shows up and they're looking away and they nearly miss the other one. I hate it's, that trope so oh, much. Well, I then hate that so do much. not watch the feature film. Big I mean, I like business. it in moderation, but I feel like this happens constantly. One hundred percent of the movie is near misses. Oh, That's yeah. the whole Don't movie. Me crazy. Yeah. Interesting side note: both Big Business and Twins were panned by critics. No, uh, yeah, Twins made a fortune. Big Business uh, did not. Yeah. It made a lot of money for my family, but. <laughs> Otherwise, you guys financed this movie. Yeah, I watched just the trailer, and it's funny because Bette Midler is really kind of like the Miranda character from The Devil Wears Prada. There's okay. even a scene of where she like is coming into the office. She owns this company, the company that's going to basically put the mall or whatever the fuck in the West Virginia sure. place. And she's like coming up in the elevator and they call upstairs and they're like, she's coming, she's coming. And everybody starts scrambling. It's kind of like that exact scene from The Devil Wears Prada. Interesting. Yeah, and she's kind of like that character. But if it's still 1988 Bette Midler. It's not, she's no Meryl Streep. But, no, no, of yeah, course But it not. is, you can definitely see that they might have like bitten that scene off a little bit for the movie Devil Wears Prada. So two things. One, did your mom sit you down like a double feature with this and West Side Story? She make you watch it? <laughs> no, she probably like sat me down with some other just like really shitty movie and West Side Story. It was a double feature with West Side Story. It was like another like shit movie that she was like, it's really great, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the Pirates of Penzance or like Man oh from God. La Mancha. Like yeah. some movie that like is just torture for kids, I'm sure. Uh, one fun fact, or at least for me, I think my favorite Bette Miller performance of the 80s is Ruthless People. I love that movie. That movie, even now, is amazing. Phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's movie. Just She's like, great in it. Everyone's yeah. great in it. The it's plot, yep. the whole, it's such a complicated and like <laughs> amazing plot. It always just kind of flips itself over like 15 times. You know, yeah. you think you know what's going to happen and it fl- keeps flipping. It's the hair, the fashion, the mini skirts. Like, it's right. a terrific movie. It's got a car chase. Like, yeah. It's a, very, a lot of dark comedy in there, too, actually. Yeah. It's pretty good. I had a figure out how to weave that into an episode somehow it's a good one but that's my most favorite one you're that's very fair that's a wonderful movie and she's great in it yep also starring danny devito yeah i know so it ties in yeah And the final good twin, bad twin film of 1908 was David Cronenberg's Dead Ringers. Mm -hmm. Do you want to say anything before I start? No, go for it. Okay. Dead Ringers is the story of twin gynecologists, both played by Jeremy Irons, based on real life gynecologist twins named Stuart and Cyril Marcus. Did you know this? I knew based it was on, based on real life, but I didn't know the names Well, of good, because I actually did a little bit of research about them. Okay. The Marcus twins were both society Upper East Side doctors, and for many years were very well respected, and they were hospital board members. But they started acting irrationally in their later years, canceling appointments and kind of screaming at patients. 
In the summer of 1975, neighbors complained of a bad smell coming from the apartment they were sharing, and they were both found dead. Huh. The weird thing is, no one really knows like how they died. Barbiturate overdose was the most common theory, mm-hmm. but only a small trace was found in one of their systems. It was kind of known that they were abusing drugs at the time, so they're like, oh, it must be drugs, but that right. didn't really prove Explain to it. be the thing. Yeah. Then they thought maybe they were trying to detox from barbiturates, but the symptoms of that weren't present either. Plus, the apartment was trashed, and there are even reports that they had shit all over the place. Like, they had shat all over stuff. There was a chair that was just full of, like, shit. Yeah. It was trashed, but in, like, a hoarder way. It didn't look like anybody had gotten in there and, like, messed up the place. It looks like they were living in squalor. Ugh. One of them died at least a day after the other one. So, like... One of them was in there with the other dead one, but also the one that died a day later had left the apartment at least once since the other one had died. So after the one died, the other one left the apartment, like did some stuff and came back and then he died too. That's weird as fuck. But like if one of them died from something, the other one doesn't automatically die. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right, they're right. detached. So they just, they have no idea how they died. No, or but the fact that he what? left and he's like, oh, I'm going to go to 7-Eleven. Yeah, I got to go to Burger King and, and run some errands. Oh, you're and then Come back oh, that's and, right because you're dead and, yeah. yeah and then just die so yeah. anyway so that was the story of of what this was based on right yeah Cronenberg's Dead Ringers is only kind of slightly based off based off the premise. The plot is the forefront ambitious twin seduces women, sleeps with them, and then passes them to the more chill twin. Until the chill twin starts to have feelings for an actress that they're both banging. He helps the actress get prescription drugs, of which they are both abusing, Mm -hmm. until she has to go on a job out of town. He gets like crazy depressed and starts having hallucinations. He obtains crazy gynecology tools and kind of like assaults a patient. Do you remember all those tools yeah they're, they're like they're like insect legs or something really, really weird yeah shit. kind of like alien type looking things yeah, yeah. It's fucked up they're both put on leave and the originally bad twin volunteers to be killed by the newly crazy one so the one that was kind of like picking up women and then pass them to the other one right is like okay you can kill me he disembowels him with the crazy gyno tools then dies in the arms of his brother so that's a bad twin gynecologist slash bad, but in different ways, gynecologist twin movie. Yep. You have anything to say about Dead Ringers? Dead Ringers is one that I saw once, like at a friend's house and never watched again. I probably saw it too young and it was because it's a weird ass movie. It's, it's really freaky. fucking weird. Yeah. And so maybe it just had an effect on me then and I never revisited it. Dead Ringers is universally considered probably the best good twin evil twin movie out there. Mm. It was released to amazing reviews and is still considered to be one of the best Canadian films ever made. A couple of interesting tidbits. William Hurt was originally supposed to play the twins, but was kind of super weirded out by the script. So he passed. Passed on it. I don't blame him. When Jeremy Irons was given the role, he was actually given two dressing rooms, one for each role. He actually ended up not really using the second one. He had kind of like a different system of, you know, how he had like imagined the character, which were, which was not that they were separate, but that they were kind of mirror images of each other. So he only used one of the rooms, but they gave him a second one, which I thought was kind of cool. That's kind of cool. And Cronenberg's second choice for the actress was uh, Margot Kidder, who had played twins in the movie Sisters. Yeah. So there's huh. that kind of coincidence as well. So. And that was before Margot Kidder had emotional mental problems. She's yeah, she was she could probably be in your episode on a mental asylums. So. Yeah, and yeah, unfortunately, yeah. So I'm gonna move on to the nineties. I okay. can't help but mention that Jean Claude Van Damme played twins <laughs> in the feature <laughs> film Double Impact uh-huh. from nineteen ninety one. He played Chad and Alex Wagner, two twins separated at birth that are now rivals, but not in like a good twin bad twin way 
but they had to defeat some dumb foreign drug deals. Sure. I remember the poster, but I don't think I've ever actually seen a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, but I had to mention it. The Charlie Kaufman movie adaptation from 2002 (laughs) has a kind of good twin evil twin theme going on Mm -hmm. as Nicolas Cage plays Charlie Kaufman for reals as he tries to write an adaptation of a book to be a Hollywood movie. Mm -hmm. He gets writer's block as his brother Donald decides to also be a writer and of course sells his script for hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that was kind of a good twin, evil twin Charlie Kaufman style. Or at least trashy twin. You know what I like about that movie? Well, first of all, it sort of makes fun of books like The Orchid Thief because you can't adapt that. Right. And second, the movie itself is played as though Charlie wrote the first half and then the second half was actually written by his twin brother because the second half becomes a a pulpy, trashy thriller. Right. Like Race Against Time, like noir thriller where the first one is just a character study. So it's like his twin actually wrote the second half of that film. That's how it plays out. It's so great. meta. It's, it's yeah, it's, so meta. It's, it's like good. the most I like meta lot, Yeah. I mean, anything Charlie Kaufman does is at least going to be interesting. Right. And, and, and Spike Jones directed that. Yeah, that's right. So, which is, I love him too. So it's yeah, great. It's, yeah. a great. it's a great movie. And The Matrix Reloaded from 2003 apparently had some twin stuff, no, but I but never both saw evil anything and it was shitty, past yeah. the first one. I just, I thought The Matrix was great, and then all the sequels started coming out, and I just went, no thanks. Sequels were, I'm sorry, awful. I think some people like them now, but I think they were terrible, and they just went shit. But the twins you're talking about are these two, like, twin assassins that are in The Matrix, and they're weird, and that's, I don't know, they have dreads. Morpheus kills them. Mm-hmm. The end. Meh. Yeah. yeah, not that great. There is a movie I want to chat about, though, from 2007. It's a Korean film called Evil Twin. Hmm. Evil Twin is about two sisters. One died as a child by falling off of a bridge and is now a ghost that kills people when they cross. Hmm. Like a troll. Like ghost a twin troll. troll. Yeah, I love Ghost Troll, the movie. Yep. I've had a hard time finding a decent version, but I watched the end without subtitles, and it's the exact same ending as The Good Son that we talked about in Kids That Kill and, and Kid Kill. Oh, lovely. This is totally off topic. But it turns out that the mother of the two girls liked one of them best. So after the good one died, she pretended like the bad one was the good one for some reason. So the good one was actually the one with the ghost. At the end, there's a flashback scene which shows the mother in a boat holding both of their hands. So one twin is in each hand as Mm -hmm. they struggle to keep their heads above water. She makes a decision and picks one twin while letting the other drown. It's a kind of Korean twin Sophie's Choice, you know, type of thing. Right. Macaulay Culkin or Elijah Wood. A lot of themes. And then it's now present day. She holds the spirit of the twin she loves and the hand of the actual twin she doesn't really love and instead saves the living twin and goes down with the spirit twin Aww. so that's the korean twin version of the good son i guess i've had a really hard time finding it because it's korean and i can't find a version with subtitles so if anyone out here has a copy of the korean movie evil twin with subtitles please send it my way right and what year it. did that come out 2007 okay i'm wrapping up but i want to make a shameless plug for one of my favorite movies of the 2010s okay it's called another earth from 2012 I, you Did know, you see I, this? no, I never saw it, but I know how much you love it. It's a divisive film. Some people really love it. Some people really think it's. I think it got a fifty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and people that love it were like, "Oh my god, this is the best movie!" And people that hated it were like, yeah. "This is shit. very, very yeah. divisive." Yeah, it's a really small science fiction film starring Britt Marling, and it's about the sudden presence of a parallel Earth that's suddenly visible from our Earth, which I'll call Earth One. She gets drunk and causes a car accident, which kills a few members of a young family. When she gets out of jail, she attempts to apologize to the father, the only remaining member of the family she killed. All the while, NASA is figuring out 
how to communicate with Earth, too. There's actually a really amazing scene where Britt Marling's family is watching the first contact, and they realize that Earth 2 is a complete parallel planet, which means that everyone on Earth 1 has a twin on Earth 2. When were you born? May 7, 1954. When were you born? May 7, 1954. Mount Pleasant, New York. Robinson Hope Hospital. And so that's how you like realize that like it's the exact same person in parallel. Which then starts to beg the question for Brit Marling, is Earth one Brit, the evil twin, since she's the one that killed two people? Or did Earth two Brit make the same mistake? Right. Or is she even worse? So the question is like, did the Brit Marling on Earth 2 exactly the same? Mm. Or is she better or worse? So it's kind of like, which one is really the evil twin? Right. Did she find out? The ending is one of the best endings of a movie I've ever seen. It's also super confusing. And like, you can't really tell what happens at the end and people have theories of what so you're watch is. Is what you're I'm not going to spoiler it just because it was such a small movie it was such a great movie and I if people haven't seen it I don't want to spoil it the end right, it's I'll a jaw dropper okay yeah. mm-hmm. I only looked at this for a second because I'm a purist and I refuse to see any Terminator movie after one and two yeah I agree but apparently in Terminator Genesis from 2015 Arnold Schwarzenegger from Terminator 2 comes back as himself age since his skin is human or whatever they do decided to make up an excuse for right and then his bad twin actually himself from the first terminator where he's the enemy and he's the bad guy in the first terminator but the good guy in the second one right comes back too it's all cgi'd from the original which means i think that this is the first old cyborg is the good twin of his younger cgi version of himself twin movie you may be wrong okay because it's a different model all right it's the same model but different actual physical terminator so the terminator terminator 2 is a whole different i mean he's like the same model right okay but then he was actually a twin because they were the same model i mean i guess he's got thousands of models sure i'm saying it's not the same person but it is a twin okay fair enough yeah all right as you were i could still be completely wrong because i spent one second researching this and i've never seen it so Um, i watched that scene and they did a fairly good job recreating i saw it in the trailer but that that movie i didn't watch it it looks i tried to like just read the plot on wiki and i was just like i i know terminator movies well I can't understand past was, the was, third sentence of terrible. what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. So. And the last movie is Goodnight Mommy from 2015, which we talked about in Kids That Kill. Both of the twins suffer from a delusional condition called Capgrass delusion, which is when a person holds a delusion that a friend, spouse, or in this case, their mother has been replaced by an identical looking imposter, which is interesting because that could be the identical twin. It's not really a good twin versus bad twin movie, but there is a surprise twist ending that involves one of the twins. So that's kind of a delusional bad twin, good twin, is their mother an evil twin kind of movie. Definitely worth watching. That's Good Night Mommy from 2015. Yeah. Okay. I didn't want to turn this into a laundry list of good twin, evil twin movies. Uh, it, It kind of was, but... I I do have a point which I want to make, which is this theme or trope has been around forever and was already pretty played out by the time the 60s rolled around. Sure. It was mainly a plot device for cheap soap operas and serials. 
And while there are many movies that use this device in kind of a cheap exploitation type of way, like, you know, Bound by Flesh or Goodnight Gemini, better filmmakers use the cheapness of the trope to make really interesting and unconventional shockers, like sure. Dead Ringers and Sisters. So it kind of goes to show you that you should never look at a subject as being done for good. A lot of times people, especially in my industry and creative, are kind of like, well, you know, there's no new ideas. Like every idea has been done before. And that always makes me so mad. The good twin, bad twin trope is probably as old as like human history, but that doesn't mean there isn't some fresh material still in it. Sure. Yeah. That is my episode on terrible twins. What did you think? All right. So one, the movie, the prestige Mm -hmm. Christopher Nolan movie about magicians. And there was a trick that they couldn't figure out how Christian Bale did it. Mm -hmm. And a spoiler, he's a twin and Mm -hmm. they just live their life as one person. Right. Kind of like in the dark mirror with uh, Olivia de Havilland. Right. Exactly. I wouldn't say one of them was a bad twin since they both shared his wife Mm -hmm. and she could always tell when one really didn't care about her. It was close to that trope as you could probably get in that kind of movie. Uh But yeah, they were twins and no one knew about it. Yeah. Then in the most recent season of Fargo, the TV show, mm-hmm. Ewan McGregor plays, although in the show they it says that they aren't actually twins, but he plays both brothers. One is, you know, got receding hairline. He's sort of a loser. He didn't do well. You know, he's a, he's a bail bondsman. And so kind of a, a loser. He's a loser, yeah. Yeah. The other character is sort of the younger brother, but he's a little more fit and he did really well with these parking lots that he invested in and so mm-hmm. he's a, like a millionaire. And so the the younger brother's trying to figure out ways to rip him off. So he's kind of like the evil twin, even though they say in the show that he's a few years like older, younger. Uh-huh. He's the same fucking... Sure, but it, even McGregor is playing that he's role. He's playing yeah. the same role. So that's as close, I think, to the that's evil twin yeah. thing. That they I have. gave you that a season of Fargo and I still haven't seen it. I'm yeah, going you need to, to watch it too. too. Once yeah. we're finished with this, I can start catching up with all the shows that show. I haven't seen. Yeah. Anyway, so I just want to add that. All right, good. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed this episode I on did. Terrible it Twins. Great. It's been coming for a while, so I'm glad I finally did it. And thanks for listening. All right. Yeah, thanks. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at slumsoffilmhistory.com where you can find links to some of the movies we talked about today, along with pictures, videos, and additional resources, as well as Sunday Slum Day, our weekly recommendation for the best and sometimes worst films every Sunday night. If you want to keep up with us, we're on Facebook and Twitter where we share out a lot of additional content. And as always, please fact check us and let us know if we left anything out. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies. Anyway, this movie, The Dark Mirror, a murder, a suspected woman that... Let me try again. <laughs> she might have been a woman, we suspect. <laughs>